Alright, welcome back y'all. This is the Imperfect Podcast. Hi. So Steven, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I will introduce myself. I've already introduced myself, but I will do it myself. My name is Steven. I'm the one third half in terms of height of the Imperfect Podcast. <laughs> My name is Akko, obviously I'm the two-third half of the Amber Podcast, and today we're joined by an amazing guest. Want to introduce yourself, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm back. I was about to say, I'm a part of Axe 2, and That's a long Mason. first name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great, my name is Mason. I was on the podcast originally, like, a while back, and... You got kicked out. Got kicked off. Got fired. Yes. And, yeah, now we're back. His words were heresy. Don't listen to him. Yes, please don't listen to him. <laughs> I don't know why we brought him back on. He talked about community, and then we kicked him out of the community to bring him back in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was about five months ago. So. About five months ago. Hey, it's that's how long good. it was? Yeah. It was August or September? August. 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 Yeah. Oh, wow. August was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, either way, welcome back. Hello. We're promising that <laughs> we're not going to take too long to introduce ourselves this time around, but... Yeah, so uh, why why do we have Mason here today, Stephen? Like, what, are, what do you want to talk about today? Well, Mason introduced to us something that he's been learning about mm. or he's been kind of captured by over the past couple weeks maybe month of the just the image of god yeah or who god is and i think that's a really interesting question because i think today there's a lot of different imaginations of mm. god or mm. images of god yeah. you can look on different skits of how different religious characters get used i'm actually reading a manga called records of ragnarok there's some some stuff but basically it's a battle between humans and gods mm. and basically depicts however the author wants the gods to be gives them superpowers they fight each other yeah fun stuff cool but it's this author's interpretation of a god of what he believes that they would do yeah. just to create an interesting story and that's cool for a story but I think what Mason has been tackling is hmm. for the reality of our lifetime what who is God hmm. and what does that matter yeah okay Mason <laughs> yeah so I'll just I'll just go into it how this how this kind of came about <laughs> well let's yeah set the stage because <laughs> I feel like the audience are like uh, I feel like we are this guy. Yeah. So Mason, Mason is a dear friend of us. We've actually been friends with you since probably last year, beginning of last year. Yeah. So well mm-hmm. over a year. Uh, Mason is from here, the Kansas City area, or actually the northern Missouri, northern Missouri yeah. area. And Mason is like one of the leaders in our community. So if you guys haven't checked his podcast or hit the episode that he was on back in August, please definitely roll back and listen Please to it because it was, it was fire. Not just because of the words that Mason gave us, but also the background and the scenery and the oh, birds. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we yes. were out on, on a little vacation while we were out there. Oh, yeah, that's great. But yeah, so Mason, since like we last showed up on a podcast, like what you been up to? What have you been like interested in? What, what have you been pursuing? And I guess like kind of entering into your view and your wanting to be on this episode, like where has all that kind of led to, I guess? So kind of just opening up the view for that. Oh yeah, for sure. And just talking about like on the Imperfect Podcast, mm. I feel like the last four or five months has been kind of like an imperfect mm. story. You know, I was, yeah. and I mean, Akko knows about this. We talked about it. Yeah. There, was, there was a relationship in between. Yeah, I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Steven knows nothing about this. Relationship with Jesus, right? R- relationship with a, di- <laughs> with a girl. And it was, it ended right about a month ago. And I remember yeah. talking with Akko. Yeah. This was January 6th. 
Yeah, another day. Wow. And I was talking with Akko in the car for like six hours. Mm. And I'm talking to him, and he's like, he mentions, like, view of God. Like, how are you viewing God? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, I need to dive deeper into that because I don't think I was viewing God yeah. as who God actually was. I was in the point of viewing God differently. I wasn't, I wasn't viewing him as like my own, like an intimate relationship. I was viewing him as a provider. I was viewing him as some, like a healer, like a matchmaker, Mm -hmm. honestly. And I was thinking, you know, I'm going to pursue this relationship. I'm going to pursue God. And I lost sight of who God actually was to me. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of insecurities came up in the last month. I'm like, okay, God, is this actually who I am? Do I actually Mm -hmm. really need to fix these things? And, you know, you see, you talk to people and they're like, well, actually, maybe you don't have to totally fix things. It's like you have to fix a few things, mm-hmm. but you're not an imperfect person, you know. You mm-hmm. aren't perfect, but you're not, like, the worst person ever. And I was like, <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> hey, I'm just, no, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, my view of God, like, changed dramatically mm-hmm. in, that, in that moment because okay. I didn't view him like as a father or how, how I should have viewed him. Okay. Okay. And I was idolizing a lot of things that yeah. I like shouldn't be. And I'm just thinking about it now. It's just like playing all out in the wash now. And it's, it's crazy just over the past month, how I've changed my view of God mm-hmm. from where it was to where it is now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's changed my mind completely. Wow. All right, so let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it. So, Stephen, kind of getting us started off, how should we tackle this? Like, should we just go in to find how we should view God or how people view God in general? Uh, we can. What I, I'm kind of captured by this idea that you said, Mason, you said you had this certain perspective for the longest time, and then Akko kind of prodded you after kind of things went mm-hmm. down after this relationship, kind of prodded you with the question of, well, of your perspective of God. Mm-hmm. I kind of want you to dive into, give us a better picture of what your reality of God was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so how I was viewing God was, I was viewing him more so as like a provider. Okay. Almost like, yeah. almost like the Israelites viewed him, you know? Like they, they, okay. they viewed him as a provider. They viewed mm-hmm. him as like a guide, but they weren't having like an intimate relationship with him Mm -hmm. you know Mm we we think of God as almost like just someone we go to when we have tough situations Mm -hmm. and I would go to him a lot like I abided in God Mm -hmm. and that just wasn't I wasn't having that intimacy that I that I found with him yeah once I was like out of this it opened up it was almost like you know a curtain opened up and you know the veil was torn and (laughs) like he's like I'm here and like it does help when it talks about like in Psalms thirty four eighteen it talks about like God is near to the brokenhearted. Yes. Mm-hmm. That does help out a lot because like I was, you know, brokenhearted over the situation. But, you know, God played out in like miraculous ways to make me grow closer to him, grow mm-hmm. closer to community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like me and Akko, we were off we were off for like three or four months. Yeah. You know, like we weren't even like seeing each other very often and then yeah. this happens and now I'm back. I'm like back every day. <laughs> Literally, every day. <laughs> Clockwork, man. Yeah. Back in the basement. <laughs> By the way, I hope you guys... Uh, well, I don't hope, but if you guys are noticing something different, we kind of change up the... Arrangement. The arrangement. Wow, I can't find my words. So this table, or this chair used to be here, and then 
this is a brand new chair. What's well, all? It's brand new, but. Anyway, Stephen, kind of how how does hearing all of that kind of make you think, and has has is that maybe similar to how you've maybe viewed God before, or like what's your view of God been like lately, coming into like this conversation? Yeah, man, that's a lot to answer. It actually does. Just the way you described a lot of your the titles that you gave God, like provider, the one who just kind of tells you what to do or helps you out in need, mm-hmm. is pretty similar to how even I viewed God growing up. Either A, that's what I was taught just like at church or even just in like in home life. So if you guys don't know yet, <laughs> I am Asian. <laughs> I sure hope you guys understand that. <laughs> but, you know... My dad was a pretty stereotypical, like, Asian dad. So, if when I say that, I'm not saying all Asians are like that, but just in the sense of it's very performance-driven, it's very, not all materialistic, but a lot of the things that Asians provide is, do you need this thing to move ahead in your career or mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. Or this sort of money to, you know, have this business or whatever. It was never a real emotional connection where I felt like I could just share my deepest insecurities with my dad. So I actually relate a lot to what you're talking about, what you first brought into light. And I think just in the, in recent months or even year, Mm -hmm. it has shifted. Right now I'm going through Isaiah and I'll find it. But basically in Isaiah, there's a lot of stuff that's going down. The people suck. Um, his own people. When I say his own people, God's own people, the Israelites, they suck. And, you know, God is kind of pouring out his, his wrath or whatever, which is something that I find most familiar is a lot of my childhood was, okay, I'm just going to pull back and try to find any way I can avoid the punishment. And I did a good job of that by watching my three older siblings, right? So just as the youngest child, like that's what I did, but I never had a strong inkling that my father wanted to hear the small things about me. But, and so by the time I, you know, started messing up, I'll go into that later, but started diving into sexual morality or my own insecurities about who I was, it was very hard for me to open up about these these things to my parents or anyone in my family. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of where God was starting to reveal himself of, okay, I do want to fix this like sexual morality thing, Mm -hmm. but I want to fix it in a way that brings you closer to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was really important for me as of understanding. He not only provides like relief to the wary, but he's very close as a father and one Mm -hmm. who is really ready to extend mercy. So where I'm looking at in that is Isaiah 54, verse 4, and I'll jump around. It says, Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And verse 5 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called, he is called the God of the whole earth. And then verse 7, I'm going to jump down, and then I'll finish this off. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. 
And I think what I love about that is, and this is, I'm going to kind of go biblical. I mean, this is already biblical, but at this moment, Israel is, you know, they're, they're slaves, they're being scattered abroad. But the prophecy that gets laid out to them is a very intimate way of speaking of a prophecy. It says, your Redeemer, your God. It says, for your Maker is your husband. There's the title, the subheading of this is a perpetual covenant of peace. God is more than ready to connect mm. and bind himself with his people, yeah. right? And I think that concept is still something I'm trying to pull together yeah. for myself personally. It's yeah. really easy to tell mm-hmm. people, oh, God loves you, yeah. and then not step into it myself yeah. because it just takes work. Yeah. And I think that's that's good. And thank you for kind of laying that groundwork because yeah. I'm going to come and kind of dissect a lot of what you said. Piggyback? <laughs> no, no, not piggyback. But before I kind of give my, my expression of my view of God, I want to touch on a couple little points that you mentioned. And the first one being your maker is your husband. That's It's something that's very intimate because when you look at it as in, oh, wow, like Jesus, my, my, my maker, and God, you know, my father, He's also describing himself to me as, as, as a husband. And mm-hmm. therefore, is if, if he's the husband, then I should act like the wife. And I know we, we read in Ephesians what it looks like for the quality, the qualifications or the qualities of a wife. And a lot of that is submission. Yes. Just, just to love your husband, to respect your husband and all these things. And I'm like, man, that's, that's such a view of God that a lot of us haven't gotten to that point of having. Because we don't look at God as, as somebody who we need to fully and, and utterly submit to at least in the mm-hmm. way that you know it, it talks about in the bible and then in other ways maybe people haven't gone gone to that stage to view their maker or or god as as an intimate being like that because they're still viewing god as as a child and i think this is going to go into a lot of conversations that we're going to have today you know where some people maybe they're beginning their stages of of their maturity spiritually yeah and they're yes. still viewing god as a child or they're only viewing god as or they, they, they themselves are a child viewing God as a father. I think that, that makes much more sense. Okay. And, and, Thank you. And, <laughs> We're clearing that. Sorry. Like, they're the child viewing God as a father. Okay, gotcha. So, um, no, God is not a child. I was like, <laughs> is he just, he's sitting in the temple still. That's no, how I view no, him. No, 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 no. Like, they, they themselves or you yourselves are, are children viewing God as a father. Mm-hmm. And, and this was me growing up, and this is still me, a lot of times right now, where I, I view God as a father. But as a child, when I was growing up, my, my perspective of my father was very similar to my, my perspective of my, my heavenly father, which is God. And I say that to say I, I grew up with, with a really broken kind of definition of what fatherhood really meant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know that was kind of like a little bit vague. But, yeah, that for me, that was that was my view. My view was very skewed and it was very distorted and it was filled with a lot of pain and suffering that kind of distorted the clarity of, of the perfect father that my God really was. And I had a lot of hurt and a lot of blame that I put on him. So it really kind of solidified the the maturity that he gave me throughout the years. And honestly, it's, it's crafted to this vision that I have of him right now that I'm going to spare for a little bit to tell you guys. But yeah, that was that was kind of my experience. But yeah. yeah. I think it's crazy to to see uh, your story because I know, I know a lot of Akko's story. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, we're completely almost opposites, yeah. you know? 
I was on the phone with my dad yesterday, and I think this goes into my yeah. view, my view of how God is like a father. Is like I was I was brought up in a household where my parents would took us to church every week, and my dad even just yesterday was calling calling me and talked to me for twenty minutes about how God will just always be right by your side, and if you're wanting to close the door, you're gonna have to ask God to do it. You can't just close it on your own because God's not gonna open another door unless you ask him to close the last one. And it was just something that like ignited, you know, almost like a passion to like learn more about like my heavenly father. Mm. And I feel like growing up, it was like, I just never viewed God like as that, you know, perfect father Mm. because I grew up with, I mean, he's not perfect obviously, but he's just like, he was just always around Mm. like encouraging me. But like going into like, my view of God, it kind of just starts in like Isaiah and I'll actually just read, read the scripture and talk a little bit about it. But in Isaiah 55, eight through nine, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, Mm -hmm. so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I, I dove deep into this, looked at all the you know, cross references and stuff and came to conclusions like we should exchange our sinful thoughts for God's thoughts and ways. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, mm-hmm. this comes from faith and belief in God and, and you know, taking comfort in him. And it's, and it's crazy. I was, I was reading this. I was actually at work on break and mm-hmm. reading over, you know, how should I view God? Mm-hmm. How do we view God just mm-hmm. as a community, as like a Christian community? And then just also like as a world, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's a lot of people out there that like are calling themselves Christians, mm. but view God a completely different way. Yeah, you know, yes. they, do, they, go yeah. To, they go to God in those yeah. hard times, and yeah. they believe God is is one of those things that's like everyone's accepted into yeah. His family. Yeah. If you kind of just say you're a believer, mm-hmm. um, and it's crazy because we were at Paradigm the other day, and Akko texts me. Or actually, I, t- I text Akko mm-hmm. because Chad was on stage and quotes 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 A W Tozer, mm-hmm. which I call him A Dub. A Dub, A Dub, Yeah, that's great. And, yeah. and what A W Tozer says, he says, "What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us." Mm. And and this comes from the book, The Knowledge of the Holy. So yeah. I mean, okay, it's it's just crazy that our view of God affects how we view God. Mm. And how we view ourselves. Yeah. And then that goes on to how we view other people. Yeah. And it, it's just like, it's just mind-blowing to me that my, my view of God was almost like, it was just fractured yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was like, that was basically distorting my view of Christianity, mm-hmm. distorting my view of who God was to me. Mm-hmm. It was just like fractured for a moment. And I'm kind of just like picking back up yeah. because of the conversations I've been having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I like that, and I can. I guess it kind of like begs me to the second part of, the, of that. That question is how should we view God? Because like for me, like I, like I mentioned, growing up, I had a lot of distorted views of, of a father that was supposed to be perfect, but yet he was he was allowing me to live an imperfect life. And for me, it's, it wasn't like I was striving to 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 live a perfect life or to be in a perfect family. It was just to be seen and to be loved. And those were the things that, you know, I, I was really depriving or struggling for as a child. And it's funny because, like, 
You got both read out of Isaiah. I think you read 55, and you read 55 as well. <laughs> I read 54. Yeah, 54, 54, 54, 54, and then you read 55. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not. I was like, okay. I'm actually going to go to Isaiah 41. Okay. Um, this is a verse that I think I've told you guys a lot about. And this is actually a verse that is, is really close to my heart because when I when I received God into my into my life and and I accepted God as my, as my Lord and Savior, this was one of the verses that really triumphed me to, to get to that stage of life that, I, that, that I'm in right now. And I'm reading from the ESV, it's Isaiah chapter 41, and I'm going to jump forward in verse 10, where it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And for me, like, every time I read that, well, most times that I read that, I, I just get goosebumps, or I just get, my, my heart gets gets so warm, because this was li- literally one of the main verses that, that really got me or rec- rescued me from, from a cliff that I was about to jump over. You know, um, mm-hmm. and for me, it was, it was, it was really monumental for me to have this view of God of, oh my gosh, like I don't have to be afraid of you anymore. Part of my life, my my upbringing was I was I was taught that God was so far away and so unapproachable that I the the only way that I could respect Him and I could love Him was by fearing Him, by being afraid of Him. Because if I did anything that was mm-hmm. gonna distort the relationship that I had with my family and 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 God saw it, then He was gonna punish me for it. And for me, for, for having so much punishments or for so much moments where I felt like I was being punished, I couldn't help but think that, man, God, what, what am I possibly doing to you? Or how many things have I done wrong to deserve all these things that are going on in me? So, like, as, as, a, as a response, I started pushing God far and far away by, by the way of being afraid of Him. It was hard for me to approach God through prayer. It was, it was hard for me to worship mm-hmm. God through, through praise. It was hard for me to talk about God to my family because mm-hmm. I was so afraid of Him. And reading this verse, and it, I felt like God was speaking directly to me because it's like, hey, like, I'll go. Fear not. Don't be afraid because I'm with you. Do not be saddened because I, I am your God. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. And upon, like, just growing up and, like, growing up in my spiritual maturity, I, I realized that that righteous right hand that God says that He's going to uphold us with is Jesus, His Son. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it, it just it blew my mind and and really really did my my worldview of okay God, this is how I'm, I'm supposed to see you. Yes, I'm supposed to be afraid of you, but I also I'm supposed to know that you are my God and you are holding my hand the same way a father would hold his son's hand or his daughter's hand while they go through whatever life they're going through. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna you know toss the hot potato over to you guys. How 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 should people view view God? You know. Regardless of of how you know they've they've been raised up or how they they live life right now, whether they've been yeah. raised in a Christian home, whether they've been raised in a Muslim home, and now oh they're Christians, gosh. you got the hot potato, Stephen. Go wow. for it. Wow, that's so hurtful. <laughs> Stephen, you can go. That is steaming <laughs> hot. Wow. Okay, so before I get into mm. my thought, what I. Mm, what what I want to point out in, you know, the verse mm-hmm. that you and I have picked out, I think Mason also picked out, mm-hmm. is that if you guys read it again or even listen back to it, mm-hmm. the statements that God makes or the prophecies that get said, that mm-hmm. God says, mm-hmm. are very bold and imperative. Mm-hmm. I think imperative is the right word. Yeah. It's He says it with no uncertainties, mm-hmm. right? And... I think that's one aspect of God that is 
very crucial is that he does not take back what he said. When he says something, he means what he yeah. says, and he has the power to back it up. Mm-hmm. So that's one, is how should we view God? Like, he means what he says, yeah. and he does what he says. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read out in Colossians. This is actually basically asking earlier. What was I, what was I looking at? And this is actually, Paul does a great job in Colossians of laying out who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what he's about. This is Colossians 1, 15 through 18. It's a little bit, but he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities and, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. There's so much <laughs> There's so much to unpack in that. I know we do not have the time to do that. But to answer your question, how should we view God? Or Jesus, for that matter. He, Jesus is the physical embodiment of everything that is glorious about the universe. Yeah. It, it says all things were created through him and for him. So if Jesus does not come into the picture, everything crumbles apart. Yes, yes. There's no reason to think the way we do. There's no reason for the animals to move like they do. Mm-hmm. If God does not command them to. Yeah. There's no reason for Jesus to even go on the cross and die for our sins. If God does not command him to. There's no beautiful sacrifice if Jesus doesn't have the power because he's the one who created everything. So he has the power to change the laws of physics, Mm -hmm. but is submitted to God who Mm -hmm. tells him you're going to die. Why? So that you can have the glory. What is that glory? That he saves the most unsavable thing in the world, in the universe, yeah. which is people. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> like, that, and that—that's yeah. one. Like, that's truth. That's power, mm-hmm. and he is about his glory. Yeah. And the beautiful part about that is, all wrapped up into that, he has the truth that he is completely separate, separate from us. He has the power to bring us to him, and he's more glorified. In sacrificing for us and bringing us towards Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything that He does is for Himself and also for us. Yeah. It's the m- most mind-blowing paradox, where He is sacrificing for us. For us, and the more we lean into His sacrifice for us, mm-hmm. the more He is glorified in His sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would point out. Uh, okay, wait, 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 just <laughs> I was say I'd point out on that is like, I was talking to Aqua before the podcast, and I I just brought up it was like there's nothing that we need from God, and I think that's something I've, I've always thought is like I need God yeah. to do this, I need God to yeah. bring this person to my life, I need God to give me community, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't need God to give me much of anything yeah. besides what He's already provided me, and it kind of goes into that Colossians verse, but it's so crazy. I was. I was talking with one of the paradigm leaders and he talked about Jesus praying with the disciples and yeah. the disciples come to him and ask him how to pray. This is like Luke 11. I think and, so. Yeah. yeah. And the first thing he brings up is like, Father, 
art in heaven, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how do I name? And it's crazy at that point that he brought up like father, mm-hmm. you know, they viewed him as a provider, as a mm-hmm. healer. And I think that's kind of where, what we're losing. We're, we're getting a, we're viewing God not as the father he should be to us. Mm-hmm. Like when we don't view God as father, we don't see him who he really is. Mm-hmm. And a verse that comes to mind as well is just it's just psalm 73 psalm 73 25 and 26 i i sent this in like our group chat group Mm -hmm. leadership chat and it says whom have i in heaven but you and there is nothing on earth that i desire besides you Mm -hmm. my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion forever Mm -hmm. and something that like i just challenge myself with is like what am I putting before God? Yeah. And like, what am I chasing? Yeah. It's like, if I'm praying to God, like to be close to him, like that's a yes. You know, God's not going to be like, no, you can't be close to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, I want to grow closer to God. He's just going to be like, yeah, I'll be there for you. Yeah. But I think in that, in those moments when we're challenging ourselves with those, yeah. those hard prayers, yeah. that's when like Satan gets the best of us. Yeah. And yeah. that's when like, whether it's other people or other objects or our time, mm-hmm. our busyness, yeah. come to play. And we're more focused on the things of this world, whether yeah. it's whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's sports, whether it's working out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're not focused and desiring God like we should be. And I think that's that's what like the sort of view yeah. of God is. Yeah. And I think we should view him as that that heavenly father that like we don't we don't really need anything but him. Mm-hmm. And we don't need anything from him. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's, it's, it's so easy to, to say it, or it's so simple to say it. I, th- I don't think easy is the right word. It's yeah. so simple to say, you know, we should view God as, as our he- heavenly father who has given us everything that we mm-hmm. need. And, and we don't need anything from him. But it's so interesting to see that in, in its simplicity, man, can we be broken we just have to take it sure. all the way back to the beginning in, in Genesis. When, yeah. when we see the story of, of Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 through 3, they had everything. They had God. They literally had God right there with them in the garden. Adam could, could, could look at the animals and, and say, hey, this is, a, this is a zebra. And God would say, yes, that's a zebra. Like they had the power to, to, to put, bring things yeah. into identity. I think, I think it's, it's so unique to even begin to fathom the reality and, and the mindset that Adam had with, with God and Eve had with Adam also also with God. But I mean if if, if perfection was was still here today, we wouldn't be talking about, you know, sin, we wouldn't be talking about Satan because we all know that in its beautifulness in, in the garden, sin came into play. And and how, how Satan attacked Adam is the way is the same way Satan attacks us today. Yes. He said, "Did God really say this?" Yeah. Like, like, is God really enough? That's another way to say it. Mm-hmm. Is God really enough? Is everything that God said really enough? What well, What's God trying to hide from you? Yeah. And I think that's something that that kind of leads me to the next question of of this of this topic is what are things that Satan does or what are things that we face in our pursuit for for loving God and being in a relationship with Him that distorts the view that we have of God. Because in yeah. the garden, it was all, hey, like, God doesn't want you to be as strong as him. Did God really yeah. say, like, you shouldn't eat from this? Because he's just trying to, like, not make you think or not make you be as strong as him. And Adam, Adam was like, oh, you have a point. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's yes. that's the alcohol version, but that's basically <laughs> what he thought. You know, so that's something that we really need to talk about today because we live in a world that talks about how you can God is love. I yeah. think that's that's the main way society like reflects on God today, both in yeah. the church and outside the church. You could go to the, to the best churches or, or the most biblically sound churches, and they'll tell you, "Man, God is love," and that's very much true. But also, you you go into the societies and and you'll go outside of church or outside of Christian of a Christian bubble, and you ask them, "Oh, what's God? Oh, God's God's love, God's love, and what is love? Love is I can do whatever I want with whomever I want. I could date another guy, I could date another girl, you know, I I could, I could do this, I could do yeah. that, <laughs> you know, yeah. so." How how has that view been been distorted, or not necessarily how, but why has that view been distorted, and what should we do to, to kind of charge you guys and challenge you guys to to get that fixed? I would, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is oh man, I can't even think the proverbs, but it talks about like, guarding your heart, mm. and I feel like that's something that uh, is really hard to like, explain to people. Mm. It's really hard to explain like how how do we guard our heart, or how should we guard our heart from these things like that's affecting our view of God. Mm-hmm. And it was actually JP, so John Spockluda, he has a sermon going right now, sermon series, and he talks about like guarding our heart. Mm-hmm. And he talks about using like our five senses, so our eyesight, our hearing, taste, touch, and smell mm-hmm. affects what we think. And then that affects our heart, you know? And it's crazy to think that like just those simple things, like we're not catching affects how we view God and it affects how we view ourselves and how we view others for that for yeah. that matter. And I love that you touched on like God is love. But like what else are we loving besides God? Mm. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Go, yeah, go, <laughs> go ahead, Steve. Gosh, there's so much to get, so much to answer. So, okay, I believe your first question was how does Satan act us or mm-hmm. pull us away from mm-hmm. what God has already given us? Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is, uh, this is uh, not the main thing, but just one of the ways that I think can offshoot into a lot of ways mm-hmm. is, are you content with the position God has given you? Mm-hmm. What is that position? As a child of God. There you go. Are you content in this rhythm and mm-hmm. life that he's given you because yeah. that's actually what the first question he had to ask himself yeah. I know Pastor Phil talks about how yeah. Satan was the main like mm-hmm. angel he's had all these diamonds and mirrors and mm-hmm. he you know had God's glory shine through him yeah he was discontent with that and that's yeah. why he fell yeah. and in the same way he knows how he fell is how we fall and mm-hmm. that's the first thing he asks is are you actually content yeah. he didn't actually say it word for word but that was you know, that's the main principle. Right. Yeah, that's the main principle is, are you content? Because I think there's something better that yeah. God has not it's provided for you. From you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so that's the one thing that we always, that he always does is there's a voice, mm-hmm. either his voice or our own voice that says, I think I know what it means to be content. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it means to acquire happiness. Mm-hmm. And I know what it means to be fulfilled in my life. Yeah. And that often ends up playing itself out in destructive ways for yourself and everyone else around you, mm-hmm. right? And, and it, 
a lot of times, <laughs> this is just where it becomes most personal or most familiar to me is oftentimes we don't ask for God's voice in relationships. We don't ask what he thinks or the process by which he wants, th- us, he to wants us to do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes we say, okay, the Bible is, you know, just a finite book. Mm. It can't speak on everything in the world, but that's not true. And, and Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new underneath there the sun. Nothing new under There's the sun. nothing new. He yeah. he. Well, I already read in Colossians. He's created everything. Yeah. So he has a process by which he wants things to go. Yeah. That yeah. maximize yeah. his glory yeah. and our happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for us, this is in James. James is James chapter one is probably one of my favorite chapters right now. Mm-hmm. And because there's so much, but James chapter one verses twenty one is therefore. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, mm. and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Yeah. So why did I pick that? Is because one, it's basically identifying whatever voice or decision you make, mm. you might think it's great, but it turns itself out with a a source of pride, yeah. or it's going to destroy something around you. Sure, and mm. I'm, I'm not going to get into you know, the semantics of it, of like, oh, well, it looks good on the outside, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the latter half, it says, receive with meekness. So mm-hmm. meekness means, like, you're, mm, have no pride, Yeah. right? With meekness, it's yeah. being humble. Mm-hmm. And why is he saying meekness? It's saying, I have no good thing to bring. I don't have anything, because all I have is this filthiness and wickedness within me. Mm. I don't have the words or the right heart or the right thinking to be even make the right decision yeah. to make myself or the world a better place. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the continuation of that sentence with the implanted word, this word did not come from you. It was grafted inside of you yeah. by somebody else. No one yeah, does surgery. Great. No one does surgery on themselves. You can't do heart surgery on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be yeah, induced. You, can. yeah. you can't. Yeah. Someone else has to do it for you. Mm-hmm when you're in a near death like state, right? Yeah. Someone else puts you and sometimes you put yourself in a near death like state and someone still does surgery on you. And oftentimes that's where we find ourselves in that, in our own sin is this near death like state. Mm. And God comes with us with his word and says, here's a new life. Yeah. Will you take it? And then, and that's in the moment where God tends to find us the most in our most broken state, saying, I have nothing. There's no good thing about me. Mm. No one is going to love me. And he says, I will love you, and I want you to live in my kingdom in this new life that's different from what you've been doing. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And why? The very reason why he does this at all, which is able to save your souls. Mm. Not, Not to save anyone else's soul, your soul. Yeah. Right. And I totally forgot the question, but that that was, you know, that is how, you know, God works in opposite of Satan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He says, listen, you do what you want, but at your most broken, here's the implanted word. And this is what I'm going to do for you. This is the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the reality. And... So in terms of your question of how do we, you know, tackle, you know, what are all these different things is oftentimes these feelings of different ideas of love is because this 
people's own conception of what love is, what yeah. they find to be most comfortable for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will, I, yeah, I will tell you, I don't think dying on a cross was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. But we as Christians say that is the greatest display of love. Yeah. But what we call love is Netflix and chill. Yeah. What yeah. we call love is an idyllic picnic by the beach and time stops and nothing ever disturbs mm-hmm. that. Mm. That's, that's the picture the world likes to paint because it's easy. Yeah. And God has never said love is easy. He shows it that it's a broken road, a man holding a cross and dying for those who reject him. Yeah. Yeah. What love is this? Right. And so when we, the reason why I think there's so many different iterations of love is because we're so short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah. In view of eternity. That's, yeah. And, and something that I, something I heard the other day was like, like just, just based on like our view of God, like being uncomfortable in mm-hmm. what God has for us, because it's not mm-hmm. always greener on the other side. Yeah. Like, sometimes you have to, like, go through the mud. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. honestly, like... You have to go through the wilderness. You have to go through the wilderness. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus did it. I mean... The Israelites did it. The Israelites yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, yeah, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes you have to stay on this side and water it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, are you actually trying to portray God's mm-hmm. love in that way? Like, are you actually sticking with your community, sticking with the people that you're around mm-hmm. and growing mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. instead of, I guess, hopping on to, hopping on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I love that. So yeah, sometimes the grass is never always green on the, or is not always green on the other side. And I love that you brought the perspective, Stephen, of how God does his work despite of what Satan is doing on the background. And, and and for me, or not for me, but I, I also want to bring like what we're doing personally. And I think a lot of ways where we distort our view of God in, in, in the midst of our daily lives is, I think personally, you know, this whole idea of adultery, idolizing mm. money, idolizing time, yeah. idolizing, you know, fame. I think there's a new type. Of, I don't know if this is new. Actually, you said there's nothing new on the sun, so it's not new. Please, yes. But, but it's, this, this is something that's rising itself to be one of the most common idolatry forms, and it's self-idolatry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. idolizing oneself. Saying, hey, I don't need somebody else to tell me what to do. I don't need somebody else to tell me what to pursue. I don't need somebody else to tell me how to love. I don't need somebody else to tell me how to be. You know, I don't need somebody else to tell me who to date. I don't need somebody else to tell me where to go, where to move. Where, I don't, you know, like, these are all things that I, I would argue. Some of us have had that mindset, yes, and, and the world outside of our Christian Bible has mm-hmm. that mindset every single day. I don't listen to Akko half the time. <laughs> you like, know? Like, uh, no, it's like, but the, the, the whole idea of I don't need somebody else yeah. manifests itself into I don't need my God, or I don't need fa- mm, my father, yeah. Yeah. or I don't need a father to tell me how I should live life that's on the straight and narrow and i think that's something that can can really destroy the the view that you have of your father because you are you you are ceasing to be a child and elevating yourself to be that position of a father mm-hmm. and yeah. saying hey like i don't need to tie my shoes anymore i mean i don't need you to tie my shoes for me anymore because i'm gonna tie my own shoes i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up my, my shoes by my bootstraps and and i'm gonna 
take care of this on my own doing. And I think that's mm-hmm. where Satan gets us. Is like, do you really need God or can you do it for yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you really need God in your relationship or can you handle it yourself? And I, th- I think that's yeah. honestly where I was. It's yeah. like, God, thank you for this. Now I'm going to take control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. last last week or last episode, we brought the, the whole conversation about the prodigal son. Yes. What was his mindset? God or Father, thank you so much for this possessions. Now I'm going to take it for myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And and one thing that I'm going to bring to the conversation, one my favorite thing about this this episode is how much verses that we brought into the plate. And I have a couple more that I want to I talk about. <laughs> yeah, go for it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is is wrecking the church of Corinth over <laughs> over over things that the church was was a part of and things that they were doing while he was not there, and it's oh, like wow. bro, like you know, like you guys are still children. You guys should have matured, but you guys are still acting like children. You're walking like children. <laughs> so Paul is like, yo, like, come on, man. So in in chapter ten, he he warns them against idolatry, and and in this case, he's talking, he's he's taking them back and asking them to remember the the idolizing. That the Israelites had in the in the wilderness when when they were with Moses and they were, mm. they were wandering and and Moses was like, hey, God is giving us spiritual food, manna from the sky. God is telling us that hey, this water when we need water, I just have to tap on this rock and water flows out. And the guys are on the other side building calf, like golden calf, calf, yeah, and and worshiping that. Mm. So in so Paul is reminding them in, in in chapter ten and picking up in verse thirteen, he goes on and says. There is no temptation that has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond he, beyond your ability. But with the same temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. And one, the reason why I want to mention that is this whole idea of, of, of self-idolatry or saying that I'm going to do these things on myself. Or when we go through like an addiction or when we go through a view that is distorted, God is like, hey, just because your view of me is, is distorted doesn't mean my view of you is distorted. I still view you as, as, as my child and I'm going to give mm. you the resources that you need to be successful. Now mm-hmm. it's up to us to make that decision to look at our father and see the resources that he's, he's given us that is never going to be beyond our control to, mm. to get back into the straight, straight yeah. and narrow. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Yeah. And that goes really hand in hand with with the letter of John when John opens up his beautiful account of of the witness of Jesus that he had, and in John chapter one verse picking up in verse I believe it's verse twelve, it says, "But to all who have received him, this is saying Jesus Christ. To all who have received Jesus Christ, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God." Who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the reason why I want to put the, I want to put those two verses together is saying, hey, so in John, John is telling us, hey, you have been welcomed, you have been given the right to to be to be welcomed into this family, and now you're a child. And not only that, you're not just in this family, but God will never give you or put you in a situation that you 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 are gonna run away from this family and not have a way to come back home. You're always gonna have a GPS to, mm. to give you directions yeah. to come mm. back to the home that you've been you've been given the right to be a part of. But a lot of times when we do leave our home and we do get lost, we don't use the resources that God has already given us to get mm. back home. We're like, nah God, I'm gonna find my way back and I'm gonna spend forty years in the wilderness trying to find my way back. <laughs> or I'm never gonna find my way back again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and, and that's the reality or in, in I think the perspective that I'm looking at is through this is this is the this is the 
the offset balance between the view that we have of God and the view that God has of us versus the way we enact that view or the yeah. way we live that out, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, sometimes, like you said, it's, it's never greener on the other side. Leaving home is not always the best thing, you know? But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, 15 minutes, so... Yeah, something to add to that. Not to that. That was really good. And I love that you kind of brought that, brought all that Mm. into play because. Mm. I think the the next question, sorry, I'm I'm looking back at our notes. So like how and why should our view change us? So knowing that like this is the view of God that we ought to have. We we need to, we ought to view God as our father. We need Mm -hmm. to, we ought to view God as our maker. As somebody who has given us given us the resources and tools to stay on the straight and narrow, as somebody who has given us His word to to, you know, live a life that is godly and good, how should we? How should that change us? Oh gosh! Oh wow! I think that's that's something that that's we, can, a, we can kind okay. of resolve. This, we can. This there's so on. many. There's so <laughs> many. Oh my gosh! How our view of God should change us. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it should it should make us realize like what we're missing from God. It should make us realize, like, honestly, like, how much we do need Him, how much He doesn't need us. And something that, like, like I've realized is, like, God will always, always be there, kind of like how you're talking about, like, always come back home. And not all the time, like, will we? We won't ever, like, not ever, but I'm saying, like, <clears throat> there's times where we don't desire to come back to God, you know? And God will always, like, leave that door open. You know, and a question that like I've been asking myself, I ask this myself probably like daily is like, how can I change my view of God today? Mm. You know, God, how can I view you differently? Yeah. And, you know, God is eternal. God yeah. is always omnipresent. Omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, all the O words. <laughs> all the O words. And, and there's a verse actually yeah. from, oh man, Jackie Hill Perry, mm. where she talks about in this book, Holder Than Now, mm. and it says, it talks about God and it says, before the beginning he was mm-hmm. after the end he will be yeah and yeah. It, it's just crazy that like like you're saying he's omnipresent and he is <clears> always <throat> going to be there for us and it's like our view of god mm-hmm. can be like fractured but it's like we're never going to grow spiritually yeah. kind of like our last podcast spiritual yeah. growth yeah this is a build-up to that yeah. and it's i feel like your view of god affects your spiritual growth yeah no it does I think I'm hearing, before I give it off to you, I think Mason is saying a lot, saying... <laughs> I'm saying a lot. No, 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 you, you're saying a you're lot, good. but it's, it's, it's in the same line of thought in saying that your view of God has changed you in a way where it's made you more yearning towards Him. Yes. I love that you mentioned that, you know, now you're, you're, you're pushing yourself to ask, ask yourself, hey, like, how can I change my view of God today? That's something practical that you're saying. I'm going to go into each and every single day and say, okay, today's a new day or today's a different day from yesterday. How can I change my view of God for the better? You know, so yeah. that that's making you more yearning, more more willing to to honestly. I'm gonna use your words against you, Stephen, to be meek or yeah. James's words to James's be meek words. without pride, yeah. knowing that you know you're not gonna do it on your own accord to make it better. You're gonna seek God and say, Hey, like God, let me change my view on you so that you can have the responsibility to take care of me. Yeah, and you know? I feel like our our. Sorry, yeah, that's so good. But I feel like our view of God, 
like changes as we grow, mm. as we grow spiritually. Yes. And it's the same thing with like view of people. Mm-hmm. It's like you've been, you're married now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. your view yeah. of Aaron probably changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. And it's just crazy to, to think about that. It's like yeah. our view of God changes just like that, yeah. but we have like this word to remind us. Yeah. And yes. it's, you know, it's crazy. It's changed it's a good. lot. It's changed a lot of my life just this past month, just like meditating on that, yeah. on that alone. Yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> Take away, Steve. <laughs> I'll try my best. I think what's really important about this question you're asking every day, Mason, is not just the question of yourself of saying like, hey, God, how can I change my perspective of you? Mm-hmm. But that written in another way, you're almost imploring of God to do an action mm-hmm. or reveal himself to you mm-hmm. that changes your perspective, right? It's not just reading about who he is in the past, but what he's doing now for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important because that's where we find ourselves in, in this, mm, just in like the way the gospel works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just in the way like yeah. we typically present yeah. the gospel is who man is, who God is, mm-hmm. what he's done, what does that mean for us? And it's playing itself in a very practical sense, not in just that one-time deal, but in the continual process. So what do I mean by that? You're asking the question, you are opening yourself up and humbling yourself, saying, I can't make it happen on my own. God, I need you to do it work and help me crucify myself and give me something, some more of you, God. Yeah. Give me some more of you, right? So as he gives more and does more, for you and the more you step into an experiencing God mm-hmm. that should naturally give way to and how you treat others yeah very naturally because in the same way if you come to the understanding that nothing is from you and everything is from God mm-hmm. well then everything that you have can be given to others because it was never yours in the first place yeah. right and I know oftentimes that churches talk about that monetarily but but that's not the only thing it's the way you empathize with other people it's the way you commiserate with other people it's the way you celebrate other people mm-hmm. and that's what god does for us and i think you opening yourself up to experience even the little things of part of your life that i was like oh i didn't think god was going to care about that be like well let's see what happens and he does that gives way for you to say wow that felt amazing mm-hmm. that God cared so much about this little thing yeah. that yeah. even some other people wouldn't care about and that gives way to you having a feeling like wow that's what it's like to experience mm-hmm. a loving God yeah. who cares about the little pieces about me and then you start being able to see okay what are the other little pieces in other people's lives mm-hmm. that I want to care for that I wasn't cared for in that same way yeah. but now God did it now I'm going to display God in me to this person mm-hmm. and that's I think that's the way why it's important just me personally is why I think it's important we should experience everything that God has to give mm-hmm. and not have a an arrogant mindset of oh I don't need to go down to the altar because it's for yeah. those people who have that yeah. problem who have yeah. that problem yeah. who oh man they got a broken family bro they got a broken family like you know his I don't know his sister is doing this and that and parents oh man his dad's got a drinking problem but yeah. I mean I don't have that so yeah. I'm not, not allowed to go to the altar yeah. it's like you are short short circuiting what yeah. God can do because his arms are so wide yeah. Yeah. he like I said from the beginning is he said God is has the power to do all that he wants mm-hmm. 
when he says it, he's going to do it, and it's for his glory. So my question is, how is you pulling out of going to the altar or trying to experience everything God has to give, how is that glorifying him at all if you pull yourself out of it? It doesn't. It's saying that, hey... I'm self-righteous. That's what it's saying. Like, I, God, like, this is not an area that you're allowed in because I'm not struggling with anything. So take care of them. Leave me alone. That's right. what it's saying. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and so that short circuits God. Mm-hmm. Not saying you can short circuit God, but closes that door for him to be like, all right, I'm going to help you out in this area. Yeah. And that also short circuits your ability to connect with other people. Yeah. 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 And so you end up being someone who is very knowledgeable. And there's a lot of people who are like who's very knowledgeable yeah. about God, yeah. but who can never display God's love in a physical way. They don't have they like that intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important about what you know, you're striving for, striving for, trying mm-hmm. to experience with God. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm so glad that you brought that up yeah. because I think you can never not experience yeah. God enough. Yeah. And I think that's why Jesus was, was so adamant to really like rebuke the Pharisees and Sadducees. Yeah. Because they lack that intimacy. Mm-hmm. They lack yeah. that intimacy of the word of God and the person of God. Why? Because they, they, they didn't view God like that. They were like, man, I'm, I'm self-righteous enough to know. I know the whole Torah. I, I know the whole commandments and the law. Like I, I, I live a, a, a life that, you know, is is better than the common man like who are you to tell me that i i need to fix these areas and god is like you're not you're not going to inherit the kingdom of god with that perspective mm-hmm. you know and i think this is the last thing that I'll, I'll kind of conclude with is i think the way the true view of god should should change people or should at least challenge the the change of people is we find all these qualities and all these identifiers that that god has given in the bible and I think yeah. all of them, and this is my personal opinion, I, I think I could be wrong, but this is just the way I view it as of right now. Maybe my change in, in a year's time or 10 years time. But I think all the qualities of, of the, the character of God all add up to this one main narrative or one main word, excuse me, and that's Father. It's no surprise that when, when Jesus says, hey, how should we pray? Let's pray, our Father who art in heaven, our Father. So when you look at a father, whether it's with the word father in general, or when we have the idea of a father, we know that a father has has a family, right? Yeah. And the father protects the family. The father loves the family. The father is is just to the family so that they can they can live a life that's that's edifying and and correct. All the all the qualities, all the characters that God is is given in the Bible, could be reflected to the qualities of a father or a perfect yes. father. Yeah. And I think the moment we continue viewing God as a father, we can see the qualities that he has or the characteristics that he has in the way that it's played out in his word. Whether that's him being just, whether that's him being hum- hum- loving, whether that's him being being humble, honestly, mm-hmm. whether that's him being, you know, vengeful or vengeful in the sense of, you know, like going against sin. Because we mm-hmm. know if, if you're perfect, then that means you hate sin. So, yeah, that being said, I think to, to enhance or to work on our view of God for, for the better, let's view him as a father and ask ourselves, okay, what are the true qualities of a perfect father? 
And I, and, and I think that it's explained in such a simple but yet beautiful verse that most of us know. For God so loved the world mm-hmm. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I think that that honestly just culminates God's purpose and his identity and, and his mission towards us, the world, you know. So if if we ever struggle of God's view towards us, I think it's explained there. So the challenge is how do we view him? Do we view him as a father who loves us or do we view him as, as somebody else up in the sky, you know, or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, Stephen, any last thoughts? Mason, last thoughts? Where can they find you? Where can I find? Where yeah. they, they can find me. Yeah, where can they? <laughs> what do you mean? Where can they can find me? <laughs> I don't know. You can find me at Bun Alive. I mean, that's what <laughs> not a bad um, thing. Find me there. Yeah. Also, like I don't, I'm here. Like I'm on the podcast <laughs> here once in a while. So in the basement. Like, yeah, in, in the, the basement. basement at the Akos. So. Yeah, and at David's house. So yeah. shout out, Big Dave. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like tag your Instagram so like they can oh, follow yeah. you. Sure. If we have people who are not following you already. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, a lot of the community is yeah, it's gonna listen to this. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on again. No, I really appreciate you. it. It felt like it was like a, it just added on to mm. you know five months ago. There's so much that changed in between yeah. though. Like yeah, there's so mm. much backstory that you guys won't know, and <laughs> there's so much <laughs> stuff that has went on. And I can just um, in the comments, Mason, what happened to you? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you guys ooh, ooh drama. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, I mean, just come find me if you want to talk. So. But, yeah, thanks again for, like, having me on. I really appreciate it. I just love, like, get, airing this stuff out, yeah. like, talking about how God's just working in our lives, mm. you know? And it's crazy because, like, we were, like, so deep into community, and then it felt like we fell off. Mm. And then now mm-hmm. we're diving back into it. Yeah. And it feels like we're, we're all growing, but at different, you know, the yeah, same Different rates, yeah. Different rates, yeah. and it mm-hmm. feels like we're coming back together where it's, like, mm. we're all growing together. Yeah. And it, it, it's just great to see. And, you know, I'm excited for kind of like the next five months. Yeah. You know, seeing what happens there. Yeah. So. yeah. I'll add my last thoughts. Not really thoughts, but Mason, it has been just a real joy mm-hmm. to have you on the podcast. Because I think in a lot of ways, not to say that God can't provide, mm-hmm. but I will say a lot of times it feels like he's only providing so much mm-hmm. to Akko and I because... It's meant to be that there's other parts of the body that come in. Yeah. And it's always awesome to have someone else who is being shaped by God and challenged by God mm-hmm. and bringing in their thoughts. And I think that just makes just the conversation way more enjoyable yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, to see what God is doing in your life and what he's doing for you. And I think that's that's great. <laughs> so I, I love having just another brother on here. Yeah. yeah. So. Awesome. All right. That being said, thank you guys for joining and tuning in. <laughs> we'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. See you. Peace.